My name's Laura Michelle, and for those of you that don't know me, I um, work alongside Liz and lots of other amazing leaders and helpers in Vineyard Kids. Um, This morning, we're going to be talking about the church family, that's all of us, and how we can honour one another and get to know each other better so we can support and help each other in our lives. So first of all, children, I've got a question for you. Coming up on the screen, can anyone tell me what this is? Any ideas, any ideas, any ideas? Yeah, do you want to have a go? Yes, it's an iceberg. This is an iceberg. But did you know that when we look at an iceberg, we actually only see a very small bit of it? About 90% of the iceberg is under the water, and you can't see it at all, like this one. Uh, Isn't that amazing? So much of it is under the water, and we can't see it from the surface. And people can be like that too. Uh, There's more to us than always meets the eye and always what's on the surface and that we show other people. And when we really care about people, we take time to find out about them and find out what's underneath the sort of stuff on the surface. So first of all, I'm going to invite a couple of people up here to share something about themselves that perhaps you might not know. And first of all, I'm going to ask Steve to come up. Steve, would you like to come up? Woo! (laughs) Bye, Steve. (laughs) So... So I think it's fair to say that hopefully everyone knows that Steve leads the church with his wife, Lynn. <laughs> um, you also might know a few other things about him. Now, one of the things you might know is that he does love a pink shirt, and I'm glad to say he's, uh, he's on message today, so thanks for that, Steve. Um, you might also know that he loves the Harlequins rugby team, and also that he does know a lot about the Bible. But Steve, can you tell us something about yourself that maybe we don't know? Okay. This is much scarier than doing a sermon. (laughs) Much scarier. Um, Okay, something you don't know. Okay, well, when I was younger, um, I used to run marathons. Thank. (laughs) It's actually true, you know. Truth is stranger than fiction, as they say. Yes, I did several. In fact, um, the last one I was ten years ago, when I was not that. Um, young, um, and that was London, and I did uh, New York a couple of times um, in the 1980s. Wow. And uh, we know that, well, I know that a marathon is 26.2 miles, but for some of the children who might not be able to visualise what that is, how long does it take, roughly, to run a marathon? Well, it depends how good you are, of <laughs> course. Uh, the world record is about two hours. Um, my best time was three hours and 19 minutes. Ooh, that, I, think, I think that's still quite good. Thank you. Um, So, Steve, how did you train for your marathons? Oh, yeah, not well enough, unfortunately. (laughs) I should have been able to do it a bit quicker. Um, The thing about uh, marathons is you do one, like, you know, every three months or six months, but you're running, training, boring training, um, you know, three, four, five times a week. And that's really hard work because the marathon's the fun bit in a way, but that's what you do it for. But it's the training and it's the slog and the hard work all through the week. Yeah, absolutely. It does sound like hard work. And I know I only go go running about once a week and that's enough for me. So what keeps you going, do you think, when you were training like that? Well, it's because you've got a goal that's very precious to you. And uh, you, you want to do that well. You want to do that the very best that you can and just put all the effort you can into the hard work behind the scenes just so that you do it well on the day yeah yeah amazing that's amazing I didn't know that about Steve until this week so that's really good and also Steve I understand that um in one of your old churches you and Lynn were quite you were children's pastors and quite involved in the children's work yeah we did we did um children's ministry for years two churches in fact wasn't it 
Um, and uh, yeah, we, we absolutely loved it. It was, it was fantastic. So it's one of the reasons we're very passionate about Vineyard Kids and why Lynn still does Vineyard Kids uh, once, once a month because we think it's so, so important. Brilliant. And did I hear you've done a bit of children's worship? Can you tell us about that? Yeah, well, it, it started when, when um, we were doing the children's ministry and um, I started writing some songs just to help with the teaching, to help support the teaching so the kids could you know, remember some verses and stuff like that. And um, there wasn't that much material around that was, was working, so that's why I started doing it and um, ended up doing two children's albums of, wow. of songs. So if you want to uh, look online or uh, dig out some CDs, you might find Steve uh, doing some worship. Yeah, we even have some... Um, oh, one that? in the office. One copy left. So we, <laughs> we, we, we even have some cassettes. Cassettes? Wow. I just no, I'm kidding. That we did have, we did have, you know, did have. <laughs> Lovely. Well, thank you, Steve. That's really interesting, and I think we've all learned a lot. I certainly have about you this morning. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. I'm now going to invite one of our younger members of the church up. So, Bethany, would you like to come up? Hi, Bethany. So some people might have seen Bethany around in church. She's been here a while. Um, you might know that she's just started secondary school. She's in her first year at secondary school. And you might know that she's got two brothers. But is there something we don't know about you, Bethany? That I swim and compete for a local club called Maxwell Swim Club. Okay, so you do swimming. And how, how, how long have you been swimming for? I've been, I've been swimming for eight years and started with the ASA Awards at Stoke Mandeville Stadium Pool. And for two and a half years, I've been at Maxwell. So you started when you were quite young, actually, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. And how many times a week do you have to go swimming? I swim five times a week on Monday, Wednesday, Friday and Sunday evenings and at 5.15am on Saturday mornings. 5.15 on a Saturday morning? Oh, that's a bit hideous. Wow. (laughs) So what's your favourite thing about swimming? My favourite thing is when I compete and I get a PB. It's also very good exercise, which I enjoy, getting one step closer to what I achieve. One amazing thing that I did was I met Adam Peaty earlier on in the year in Edinburgh. Adam Peaty, and he's a fam- very famous swimmer, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, amazing. And what's the hardest thing about it? Uh, when I have to push myself and improve to get PBs, and usually our warm-ups are 32 lengths of the 25-metre pool, and yesterday I did 3,000 metres. Wow, 3,000 metres yesterday. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Bethany, do you have any extra challenges you have to face when you're competing? I have arthritis, which is a stiffness or swelling in my joints. Sometimes I can struggle and get tired, but I just push myself and persevere, which is when I challenge myself and am able to work to get PBs. That's amazing, Bethany. That's really good. So you've got an extra challenge apart from the fact that it's just hard work anyway. And what is your goal or dream with swimming? It's not a goal and it's not a dream. I will get there one day. It's to get to the Olympics. Wow. Amazing. Thank you, Bethany. That's really inspiring. I think, I think all of those, those stories are just amazing, aren't they? The things we just don't know about people. So we are going to take our, do our Bible reading now, and I've got just a few kids who are going to come up and help read the story. So um, if Josh, um, James, Joel, and Amy would like to come up. We're reading from Exodus 18, verse 13 to 27. Amy, okay, just hold it up. Moses was about to have another tough day. He was kind of hiding in bed, you know, in the way you do when you don't want to get out and face the day. Just another five minutes, God, he said under his breath, but he knew it was no good. There was tons of work to be done, 
and he was the only one who could do it. As soon as he stepped out of his tent, there would be people wanting to speak to him, wanting his advice, wanting his approval for their ideas, wanting him to sort out their arguments with other people. It's not fair, they would say, but I need, they would say, and on and on it would go until sunset and Moses was exhausted. Then the next day he would get up and do it all over again. Had God really saved him from Egypt for this? He supposed so. Otherwise, he wouldn't have the job of leading God's people. Moses got, dre- Moses got dressed and his wife, wife brought him some breakfast. He could not face eating it. He had a drink and went out to face the crowd. He sat there until it was time to break for lunch. When he came back to his tent to eat, having missed breakfast, he was starving now. He... As he headed for his tent, he heard shouts of joy from his wife and realised that in all the busyness, he had forgotten that his father-in-law, Jethro, had come to visit. Jethro was really ill but full of life. He dressed differently to all the Jewish people, so he stood out like a sore thumb. He also had a big booming voice. Moses, my son, it is so good to see you. It has been too long. Come and sit down with us. I have brought dates and other things for us to feast on. Moses gratefully sat down. It was only lunchtime and he was already exhausted. Jethro noticed. Moses, you're exhausted. Why are you so tired? Moses explained. Moses, this is madness. You can't keep doing all this work. Have you thought that there might be a better way? Jethro said. Choose some good men that you trust. Men who respect God. Choose men who won't take a bribe. Make these men rulers over people. There should be rulers over groups of 1,000 people, 100 people, 50 people, and even over 10 people. If there is a very important case, then they can come to you and let you decide what to do. But they can decide the other cases themselves. In this way, these men will share your work with you and it will be easier for you to lead the people. If you do this in the way God leads you, then you will be able to do the job without tiring yourself out. And the people can still, have all, can still have all of their problems solved before they return home. This sounds like a great idea, so Moses went and just did that. Finally, he was able to get some rest. Thank you very much, guys. That's brilliant. Thanks for reading that. Lovely. So in our story today, Moses needed the help of an older person to find a solution to his problem. Have you ever struggled with a problem and not known what to do? You'll find in this room that there are people with all different sorts of experiences. There might be other children who've just been through the same year in school as you're about to go through or done the same exams that you're about to face. There might be people here who've worked in a similar job to you or faced similar challenges at work. Maybe parents or grandparents who've raised children with the same issues that you're facing or people maybe who are struggling with similar financial difficulties that you've got. Even people that are good at fixing cars or keeping houseplants alive. And I'm just saying that that's not me, either of those things. Um, There's a wealth of experience in this room, and it's amazing what we can learn from it and also share. There have been certain times in my life when I've really valued the experience of other people. When I was a new Christian, I loved hearing from people who'd been a Christian for a while about how they lived out their Christian life gleaning wisdom from them to help me in my walk with Jesus. And that's still the case today, is we're always learning, aren't we? 
And when I was a new mum, that's the real time to learn from others. I was always encouraged and reassured to hear about how other mums were facing their challenges, um, unless they were a super mum, and then I just didn't want to hear that but stuff. But, um. And then when I met newer mums in later, in later years, and I could pass on that wisdom that I'd learn and support them, which was a real privilege. However, however, there can be two issues when we have a situation or a problem to deal with. The first is that we don't always ask for help when we face a problem. How many of you are like that? I know that I often am. I think that I should just be able to sort it out by myself, or I'm just too proud to admit that I need help. Sometimes we can be so stuck in the problem that we can't see out of it to help, ask for help. And I think perhaps that's where Moses was. In our story, Moses didn't actually ask for help. He was a bit bogged down in his problem. It was Jethro who stepped out and offered it, and then Moses accepted it. Sometimes it's good to step out and offer help or support to someone because they might be finding it hard to ask. The second issue is to do with the iceberg we looked at earlier. Many of our experiences and the things we know lie under the surface of who we are. We have to really get to know each other to find out about each other's gifts, experiences, and so on, so that we know who can help us with our problem or maybe who might be able to give us some advice. So how can we find out more about each other? Well, I think the best way to do this is to just spend time together. Just think back to when I chatted with Steve and Bethany earlier. We learned some really interesting things about them just by taking a little bit of time and asking a few questions and just digging a bit beneath the surface. So children, whether that's chatting to someone in Vineyard Kids over um, maybe doing some playing or craft, maybe someone you don't know so well, or adults chatting over to someone new um, over a donut in the cafe, or maybe inviting a family around for a walk or a, a, a meal or something, these are all ways we can get beneath the surface of the iceberg and share a bit more about who we really are and get to know a bit more about other people. Jethro was a wise old man, and Moses respected him. But do we, do we always learn from those we might not consider to be wise, obviously wise? In 1 Timothy 4, verse 12, Paul tells Timothy, who was a younger man, not to let others look down on him because he was young. We can suppose from this that perhaps people were looking down on Timothy and not listening to what he was saying. I imagine quite a lot of us have been in that situation where we feel we haven't been listened to, or perhaps we were the ones who weren't doing the listening. Sometimes we think we know best because of our own experiences, um, and we don't listen to new ideas that people give us, perhaps especially if they're maybe younger than us. What if the best way to solve your problem came from someone younger than you um, because of their own experience or what they had inside them or what gifts God had given them? I know I have certainly learned a lot from my own children, from their fresh perspective and creativity and the problem-solving that brings. In Romans 12, Paul talks about how the church is like a body. We all have different gifts, experiences, and skills, but we are all needed in the body to make it work as a whole. To really call ourselves the family of God or the body of Christ, shouldn't we get to know the other parts of the body and respect what they can do and what they bring to the whole body? Have a little look around you now. The other parts of the body might look or sound different to us, but that's okay. We're all meant to be here, and everyone is meant to have a voice. If we can find ways of ensuring our voices can be heard, our lives become richer for having a variety of people supporting us and for being able to support each other. 
Of course, ultimately, we seek God's guidance when we have problems, but one way he speaks to us is through those around us and the experiences and wisdom that they can bring. So when God brings new people into our church, what can we do to get to know them? And what are the things we have learned that we can share with others? From my experience, getting involved in the life of the church is a really good way to start. The connect groups I've been involved in over the years have really helped me to get to know people on a much deeper level. And this is also the case when we serve on a team on a Sunday or get involved in maybe a compassion ministry. The more time we spend together, the more we get to know each other and the more we open up and share about our lives. In Vineyard Kids, we have catch-up time. We call it catch-up time every week. And we just have a chat about what's been going on in our lives so we can get to know each other better for that same reason. So, to finish, I would like to leave you with a challenge for this week. How could you get to know someone from church better this week? It might mean inviting someone around for a coffee. Or children, it might mean inviting someone around to play after school or after a church on a Sunday. But check with your parents first. Um, or maybe just giving someone a call for a chat. It might mean thinking about serving on a team or joining a new connect group or getting to know, and getting to know a new group of people that way. Let's all just try to put something into action this week that just builds on that a bit.